So before I begin saying too much, let's have a couple of breaths together. Right, breathing in and breathing out. Let your body find its place on it on the seat. Breathing in. Breathing out. Letting go of the journey that it took you to get here. At least beginning that process. And another one deliberately together, breathing in. Breathing out. Sometimes I wonder, you know, because a lot of... uh, I hear it sometimes from people and... I remember for myself, coming for the first time to Guy House, you know, it can seem very formal. And I think when we looked at the list, I think maybe 12 of you here are new to Guy House. And in that formality, there is, this is true, there is a lot of formality. But in that formality, hopefully what we can work together towards with the teachings and the practices is a real freedom that we use forms and techniques and have a certain kind of simple quality here, but with one intention only, which is actually the freedom, freeing up the heart and mind from all of the places that we keep getting caught, all of the bondage that we can find ourselves in, either either really painful bondage of the mind or just that sometimes gnawing day to day not quite landing, not quite released not quite at home in the human realm so welcome Hmm. welcome welcome to you welcoming the particular way that you're you, right? We have a big group here. We have about 50 people. But for practices of freedom and deepening to take root in us, we first have and actually continually need to welcome ourselves exactly as we are. That freedom isn't about becoming a different self or someone else or someone who's got a better mind than you or a better background than you or trying to fix up our heart and mind. It's something completely different and quite radical, actually. And we always begin where we are. So all the ways that you're particularly you that may feel the same as everyone else here or might feel very different your particular condition of your health. Whatever it is, good health, poor health, struggling with health, vibrant health, medium health, just the kind of average aging. The particular condition of your mind might feel like it's in relatively good shape right now. Maybe that there's particular things you're struggling with or working with. It may be that you're full of inspiration and dying to dive deeper. Whatever is the condition of your mind right now, your heart right now, welcome. There isn't a kind of mind that's not welcome. We keep doing that to ourselves usually. You know, I'll accept these parts of myself and not that part. Any of the ways that you identify yourself in the world to do with background, work, relationship, culture, class. Welcome.
So what are we here to do? I said a little bit already at the beginning. Um, so I want, I want to welcome my co-teacher, which is Brad. Hi. Hey. And we've been teaching this retreat together for a while. And I actually don't know. I began that sentence not actually knowing what the answer was, but it's probably about eight years or nine years, maybe. Yeah, something, something like something that. Like that. Mm. Yeah. And we found that this a combination of insight meditation, which I'll say a little bit more about, that's kind of my hat, the insight meditation hat, and qigong, which Brad has a long background in insight meditation and qigong, um, the, the combination of the qigong and the insight meditation works very beautifully together as a vehicle for deepening and as a vehicle for insight. Um, so hang in there with it as you go through the initial stages of getting used to being here, especially if you're new. Right? It's a kind of an odd kind of place. <laughs> well, maybe you don't think so. And it's, and it's not an obvious thing to do to come spend four or five days in silence steadily cultivating the heart and mind so hang in there through those initial phases and see what you find out take it as a place for um, discovery of what happens when you somebody wrote on their form I'm a bit nervous about having a wireless weekend right what happens when we let go of the, the, the things we're usually plugged into, both literally and metaphorically? Those things can be wonderful, of course, but what happens when we let them go? For four, how many days are we here? Kind of four, four full days, three. Anyway, it's Friday to Tuesday lunchtime, right? <laughs> However you count that. Right? What happens for a human heart and mind when we give ourselves to this. So what are we giving ourselves to? Oh, maybe you're not sure you are giving yourself to it yet. Maybe you're going to check it out tonight and see what you reckon. The teaching of insight meditation comes from the Buddhist tradition. Um, the Buddha was a human being uh, 2,600 years ago uh, who woke up to the predicament of being human and the bondage that the mind keeps finding itself in, whether it's the bondage of where well, you keep giving yourself a hard time in your mind, whether, whether you think you're, the, you're terrible, whether you think you're great, whatever kind of bondage you're tied to in your mind. He understood the mechanism of it through his direct experience and understood the release from that. And that's what he's pointing to. He wasn't someone superhuman. He was a human being who struggled before he was the Buddha. Um, and such was his journey in life that he, became, he woke up and was able to communicate um, the way to waking up. So put very simply, what he woke up to was the human predicament of dissatisfaction, of dis-ease, of suffering of the heart and mind he woke up to the cause of that the cause of what keeps that kind of uh, yeah that not quite knowing and arriving fully at home in this realm fully unconditionally knowing our nature actually what it is to be one of these humans so he woke up to the dissatisfaction, the cause which he identified as clinging, as a kind of a clinging in the mind, which happens almost as a gut reflex. Right? But he understood the way to the release from that and the path to the release from that. And that's what he taught. That's what he was interested in. He said, I teach one thing only, which is suffering and the end of suffering. And all of you here, I can't imagine you're an exception to this. This is one thing we all share, I would say. If, if I'm wrong, tell me afterwards. But we all care about the condition of our mind. 
it's the kind of thing that we're with all day. You know, our partner or our kids or our boss, it's only kind of a couple of hours or many hours if they're little. But our mind, our mind is a constant companion. Our relationship with our mind is pretty primary. And so via uh, teaching, he communicates through generations, millennia of men and women such as ourselves, the way to release. So I'll just say a couple more things before we shift the gear. Um, But one very simple formulation of understanding this is uh, that the Buddha taught a foundation for the mind of ethics. Right? We kind of check out our ethical life. That's what we start with. It doesn't mean we have to have been good beforehand. It doesn't mean we're trying to make ourselves good as some kind of perfect model of humanity. It's not that. It's about tuning our behavior of our speech and our action to things that are in harmony with letting the mind rest. The mind of our, our mind and the mind of each other. And he began with this platform, and that's what I'll, I'll share now. That's our platform for the retreat. And then we'll go further into then how to work with the mind. So for this retreat, we ask you to take on five ethical guidelines, five precepts to support the mind and to support each other. Uh, Actually, they're a very beautiful support for this world, actually. And these are training precepts. They're to train the mind. It's very clear. It's It's not a teaching of becoming right and making some kind of duality of those who are right and those who are wrong it's actually much more intelligent than that much more intelligent Uh, so check it out for yourself so the first precept is for these days and some of you will, will use these for your life to refrain from harming any creature Refrain from harming any life that's here. So, I don't know what that might look like here. In the summer, there's usually lots of insects. I don't think there's many insects around, but <coughs> it, it, it works on many levels. You can see how it makes a sanctuary for life, right? Such that the birds here kind of get it, that no one's going to shoot them. The rabbits kind of hang around. Um, That life has some kind of sanctuary for the creatures, including us. We are those creatures who fear for our safety at times. Different conditions in the world, it's, it's much more of a reality. And maybe in our life, it's a reality that we fear for our physical safety. So we undertake this precept as a sanctuary for each other, and as a training for the mind to watch that tendency that we have to want to annihilate and get rid of things that are in our way. Right? From the mosquito to parts of ourself. It's a very uh, fine training. The second precept to refrain from taking things that aren't offered to you. Um, each one is packed full with uh, capacity for training the heart and mind but in a very obvious way it means that people can leave property lying around and nobody nicks it and that's a real gift to each other um And we can see and use it to train the mind where the mind has the tendency, tell me if yours doesn't, to try and get stuff (laughs) for itself. Right? So it can be really interesting, simple things like, and and big training for me in in retreats and, and outside of retreats, seeing that tendency, for example, in the shower, where people leave their nice shampoos, that it would be like, right, Great, have some of that. 
It's only going to take a little bit. No harm in that. You know, and it's not a terrible thing at all. But what we can do is just start to hold back some of those impulses, not because we're bad, but because as we do, the mind can start to rest. Right? It's the compelling nature of the mind that means we don't rest. So working with those those kind of compelling tendencies really supports us to start to rest. Third precept, to refrain from sexual activity for this retreat. Um, It's a powerful energy, um, and we're not going to pick it up here. It can be a beautiful energy. It can be something that's picked up in really painful and harmful ways, as we all know. But for the purposes of the retreat, refraining from that kind of engagement... The precept is uh, in daily life is really about not causing harm through sexuality to the best of our ability. Fourth guideline is um, uh, for the retreat is the noble silence to uh, contain one's speech to what is true, um, what is not divisive. in the places where you will get to speak, which is in when we meet for, uh, when you meet with one of the teachers, the rest of the time there'll be silence. Um, apart from maybe the occasional word with one of the staff around the work period or something practical. And the fifth guideline is to refrain from things that cloud the mind, alcohol and intoxicants, um, because we're cultivating um, uh, mindfulness. And we need to kind of be with it for that. Of course, if you're taking medication for your health, which a number of you are, please continue to take it. It's not about that. It's really substances where we end up heedless um, that we're refraining from here. So please take these on. Um, They are actually quite beautiful it depends on our history as to whether we see them as some kind of imposition or rules or someone's telling me to be good or as much as possible take them on in a really fresh way maybe you live by some of these anyway but use them as an experiment see what the effect is on the mind Um, because that's how we learn not through trying to be someone else but through the direct intelligent feedback of what our action is and what is the result Right, that's, that's what makes a difference. So that's the first piece, the ethical foundation, um, and we'll, we'll get on to the, to the next bit. But just take, a, if you would, just a pause with that pr- the precepts and just kind of take them in. The safety that they provide... the resting that they provide, actually. And if there's any reactivity in the mind around them, just to notice that. Yeah, thank you. So I'll pass you to Brad, and uh, I'll say a little bit more later. Good evening, everybody. I'd like to echo Catherine's welcoming to this retreat. And a welcoming, as Catherine said, to however you find yourself right now. Because in a way, we're welcoming you And we're encouraging you to welcome your experience as it is. How would it be for these days on the retreat just to simply welcome your experience as it is? Would that be a relief? This is the invitation. As Catherine was pointing to, we're not trying to get anywhere other than here 
And we're here. Can we really open to this here as it is? As fully as we can. This is our invitation to each of us to really know this as fully. (coughs) And can we rest in this? Can we, in a way, land in this experience of being human? A lot of the time we spend resisting what we find, what we discover, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, what we're sensing. What would it be like? How radical would it be to rest in this? To really fully land just in this? Each moment landing in this? In this continuous stream of experience? Landing in this. Because there really is nowhere to go. We're here. And we call the retreat a retreat. But hopefully it's also a treat. It's a real treat to come and spend these days in this way. In a way we're retreating from the everydayness or from the busyness or the complexity of life and how we are in that. But we're coming into, we're moving into just this simplicity of what it is like to be human. To land in this. And over these days, the invitation will just be to keep on landing back in this body, heart, mind. And a lot of that is about slowing down. And in a way, we're a bit like the uh, oil tank. I don't know how long an oil tanker takes to stop but it's got a certain momentum. You can't just apply the brakes. An oil tanker just stops. It's a bit like us coming into the retreat. We're kind of sitting here, but the momentum of today and getting here and the week and the month and the year and our whole life, the momentum of that is here too. Do you know what I mean? Can you feel that the momentum of all that has happened in our life is here with us too? So letting go of the idea that, oh right, I'm here now, I'm going to be really still and really centered or focused. Just to know how this is. Just to have the space to allow this to be with all of the momentum and not to be taken by that not to be lost in that (coughs) Mm. so the various supports on retreat Catherine's mentioned the precepts as a kind of real support of the practice and of being here I'd like to talk a little bit more about the the silence here. <clears throat> it's a, one of the qualities of retreat that often people remark on at the end of the retreat that is so precious and so <coughs> unusual for a lot of us is to be together, to really be together for four days without talking with people. In a way, our culture's become so much about connecting in a certain way, social media connecting in a certain way, talking. And yet there can be a sense, an experience of connection and interconnection that we discover in the silence that we've never known before. 
both that sense of connection with one's own self and experience and with other. So a real invitation to explore this, to let go of social media, of your phones, of texts. To switch off your phone and don't turn it on again till the end of the retreat. If you need to be contacted for any emergency during the retreat, for people to contact Guy House and let Guy House field any emergency that may happen. Otherwise you might find that you're just having to check your phone every day and then you just get information that you don't need. Yeah? So if you have given this as a, your mobile as a contact for any emergency, just send that person the number of Guy House. Turn the phone off. Let it go. If you've come here with someone that you know, a partner, a sibling, a loved one, a friend, one of the biggest gifts you can give them is not to talk. Not to be checking in, or how are you doing? Not to be posting notes every day. Well, God, how was that meditation for you? Yeah? The biggest support is to really let everybody be as they are. If you have any concern about anybody on the retreat, do contact us. Yeah, and hand that over to us. So to really let go of that interaction, that kind of social interaction, <laughs> that speaking. <clears throat> and as Catherine said, there will be each of you will be in a group that will meet once during the retreat with us and a chance to exercise your vocal cords and also just a chance to connect and share how things are. We're also available for one-to-one during the retreat so if you're finding that you just really need some support more individually do leave us a note and we'll make time for you. Silence is an interesting thing and this hall in a way kind of holds silence in a certain way. So just to be aware of um, coming into the hall and leaving the hall. We really ask that if you, when you come to a meditation or a tube, you stay for the full period. Unless obviously you have an emergency you need to go to the toilet. Please don't come in late or leave early unless you have to for an emergency. Just a way of helping to keep the sense of practice here. Um, sometimes one's clothing is noisy. <laughs> Sounds a bit odd to say that, but sometimes when you know some fabric can be very noisy, and as you come into the the room, it can be like quite a lot of noise. So just if you've got very noisy fabric. Just kind of listen to it, and if it's noisy, <laughs> you can find some other kind of clothing that's not so noisy, and, and bangles and stuff like that it can be quite a distraction. We also ask that, um, yeah, please no no making of uh, notes in the hall. The scribbling can be quite a distraction. And along with the silence is um, to give yourself a break from reading. In our culture, we kind of, we're constantly processing information, aren't we? Just so much input into this body, heart and mind. So much going on that way. A lot of us are kind of at our information overload. You know, at the click of a, a mouse or computer keyboard, so much information we can access. But also so much information just around us each person here. So part of the intention on a retreat is just to not be filling ourselves up with more and more information. So I'd give yourself a break from reading. If you brought a book, just put it aside. <coughs> if you find that you, you've got a journal and you just want to make a note or two of any insight or anything, any revelation that's really important, that's fine. Just make a few notes. But please don't write a whole discourse. Yeah, don't write a whole novel. Just write you know, something that may help you remember that. 
so that we're just beginning to free up from putting more and more in. It's a bit like, um, you know, when your computer's on, the uh, hard drive is just sometimes when they're completely full. I've had this on mine where it's like it's not working or it's very slow. And I've taken it to the computer shop and they say, well, you know, your hard drive is completely full. There's no space on it. you just got to take off 10 gigs of information. And the computer starts to work better. We're a bit like that. We're just so full of life and information and experience. But part of what happens on retreat through not topping all that information up is that we can begin to empty out. We can begin to digest some of the experience of life so that there's some more space to actually experience now, this, now, this moment. Another support is the, the schedule. I don't know. Has the schedule been posted? Have you seen the schedule on a notice, notice board? Yes? No? It's up now. But it's it up wasn't now. Before. Okay. So have a look. There's um, a schedule on the notice board outside the hall and in a couple of other places in the centre. So you'll see a schedule which, um, I don't know, some of you will look at it and kind of go, God, blimey. That's a lot of meditation. We start early. And some of you look at it and kind of go, yeah, it's a bit lightweight. I normally get up at four. <laughs> so we all have different relationships with the schedule. Um, but basically, tomorrow there will be a wake-up bell at 6.30. So the invitation is to get up then. We're not going to come round knocking on the door saying, come on, get out of bed. But um, if you have the inclination, please do come up, get up and join us. So at 7 o'clock there will be a sitting meditation in here. And at 7.30, breakfast. So the meditation at 7 won't be guided. And there'll be breakfast at 7 o'clock. Uh, 7.30, sorry. Every other day, we'll actually wake up at 6 o'clock. And there'll be a 6.30 qigong and a 7 o'clock meditation. So it'll be half an hour earlier on other days. 8.15 for an hour, there's a work period where we ask everybody to muck in with some one of the jobs, which I think everybody's got a job for the day. And um, just it really helps with the, the running of the center. And it's a chance also to, to kind of give, you know, to give something back to this place. So it's an hour's work from 8.15 to 9.15. And then 9.30 we'll be back in here for a meditation, sitting meditation and instruction. 10.30 qigong and instruction and 11.45 sitting, 12.30 lunch. So the, the schedule is really a way of supporting that kind of gathering of our attention and a freeing up, a liberating of body, heart and mind. And to really give us a focus and a way of beginning to free up some of the obscurations, some of the things that actually hinder the natural arising of awakefulness. So, lunch at 12.30, 2.30 to 4.45. We've got Qigong and sitting meditation practice period. So, there'll be alternating periods of Qigong and sitting. And it's less formal than the, the morning. So it's like not a, an hour, but there'll be 20 or 30 minute periods of sitting and then Qigong. Sitting and Qigong. 4.45 meditation walking meditation and 5.30 tea. In the evening, 6.45 qigong, followed by the evening dharma talk at 7.30. And 8.15, walking meditation, and 8.45 sitting. So that's the schedule throughout the day. Um, Don't worry if you've forgotten most of that. It is posted. But really, it's a way of supporting again, supporting us here. Without the, the form and the formal practice, 
That sense of cultivation of heart and mind is very difficult. And the schedule is really a way to, to help us keep on coming back. Keep on remembering to come back. Keep on landing in this body and heart. So we talked about information. We've given quite a bit already. So what I propose we do is just we just stand up a bit and just free up, free up our bodies. So we'll just stand up. <coughs> so there's also space here at the front if you're feeling a bit hemmed in or if you're at the back and you can't see. There's space for half a dozen people at the front here. So we're just going to free up our bodies, free up our breath, just loosen up a bit. So find your feet, just a little bit of movement. You still breathing? Take a breath, breathe into your belly, breathe out, <sighs> breathing in again, into your belly, <sighs> and again, <sighs> and stamping with your feet. Again, just more kind of freely. <coughs> How about this? Breathing to belly, make the sound as you breathe out. <laughs> Again, breathing in. <laughs> breathing in. <laughs> Snap your feet. Okay, just uh, shake your hips, shake your hands. Breathe into your belly and start making the sound. Again. One more time. Good. Shake your hands like this. Some of the practice of the Qigong will be physical, some of it will be more gentle, finding your way with the practice, listening to what your body can do, if you're finding you need to modify, if you've got any injuries and you need to modify the movements, please do, modify as necessary, and the other way. Shake your hands out like this. Shake loose again. I think some very early forms of rap had Qigong origins. <laughs> Try this one. <laughs> Rolling your shoulders back. Loosen your shoulders, your neck, your head, your jaw. Still breathing? Your arms involved now, rolling back. We've got enough space to do the next one, but we'll try. So keep your arms going back, down, and up like this. 
forwards. to do that without knocking anybody out. That's very impressive. Just going forwards, slow it down a bit, open your hands, open your eyes. Okay, do just a bit of breathing qigong, then we'll finish. So. Find your feet, that shoulder width apart, unlock your knees, feel a sense of connection as much as possible through your body, through your legs, through to your feet, feet on the ground, open the gesture of your hands, your arms. And just feel the effect of the movement of the qigong through your body, just by opening your awareness to the sense of your whole body. So letting go, concentrating on one part of your body or one place. Just open your attention to receive a sense of your whole body which includes your legs, your arms, your torso, your neck, your head. Includes the contact between your feet and the ground. And the sense of the contact between your whole body and the space around your body. Breathe in, open the gesture like this, breathe out, turn the hands round. <sighs> breathe in, turn the hands. Breathe out. <sighs> Breathe into your belly. Bending, <sighs> push your feet down, let your whole body ride up. This time when you're breathing out, silent breath. <coughs> breathing out through your nose if you can. 
Breathing in through the nose and out through the nose, if you can. Good, come back to the standing, again feet, about shoulder width. Open the gesture, the hands, arms, just open the arms from your body, open the palms, open the feet. Just open your awareness again to your whole body. Bring that sense of landing here. Landing in your body. Landing in how your body is right now. Energetic, tired, warm, cold. However you're sensing your body. <coughs> Resting in this. back into sitting. So, just want to say a little few words about the practice of Qigong, and then I'll hand you back to Catherine. So we have two forms on the retreat, the, the Qigong and the sitting meditation. So, in a way, two very distinct forms. The practices are quite distinct. The Qigong will be moving. Some moving practices, some walking practices, and some standing practices. And the sitting will be sitting, kind of quite clear. So the, the, the actual, in a way we could say the form, quite different in that way, in the actual presentation of the body. But the actual more inner form of the Qigong is very similar to the sitting. So the intention is, again, to kind of free up and liberate the capacity of the body, heart, and mind to wake up, to really wake up to this as it is. A lot of forms of Qigong have got quite a lot of doing to it, really trying to make something happen, especially on the energetic front, really trying to direct energy or circulate energy. With the practice of the Qigong on this retreat, we're not trying to do anything with the energetic experience. At times we might be opening to the experience energetically, but from a non-directive place. So I just want to kind of clarify that at the beginning of the, of the retreat. In a way that we say that Qigong cult, gung is cultivation, so we're cultivating qi in, in the traditional form of Qigong. And really we should call uh, the practice here more like Vipassana gung. Yeah, cultivating insight. 
This is the intention through the, the Qigong practice. And the practice itself being quite physical, at times already free up. And it frees up some of the history in the body, some of what is held here, some of the experience of life that has been somatized or stuck in the body. It might free that up. Free that physically, sometimes freeing that up emotionally, psychologically. Again, so that there's then more space, more capacity to arrive and to rest in this. So that we can really begin to have a clear perception, a clear understanding, a clear experience of this as it is. Away from ideas of how it should be. Like Catherine was saying, we're not trying to get anywhere. We're not trying to become anything. We just want to know this. And the Qigong has got three, four, five thousand years of history come from China. So there's many, there's a whole range of practices of, of Qigong from the more external practices, kind of externalizing energy, to the more internal practices. So the Qigong that we're practicing here is much more with the internal cultivation. Yes, and that's done simply through bringing awareness into body. Rather than trying to move energy, it's simply landing in the body energy as it is. And from an energetic point of view, energy wakes up in attention. What we pay attention to is what we're cultivating. And a real encouragement with the Qigong to find your way. You may need at times to stop and be still, stop and sit down, to really listen. The key to the Qigong is to listen as finely tuned as we can to what is happening and what the body really needs. So a lot of the time we're pushing ourselves beyond what the body's actually needing or beyond the capacity. I don't really want us to do that here. I'd like us to know what our capacity is. To really know it and to rest in that. How would it be not to push yourself in these days? And that's the invitation. Less pushing, more dropping and resting. So, hand you back to Catherine. I'm wondering how your energy is doing. Friday night, five to nine. I imagine many of you had uh, long journeys to get here or weeks at work or families or I think maybe we'll just end the evening with a short sitting together and let you get some uh, sleep. So we'll say more. Uh, But for now, take a posture that is upright. For those new to meditation, I will take some time tomorrow to guide you into sitting on the chair or the bench or the cushion, as it's not always apparent how best to sit. But for now, just doing your best with that. Let the hands be soft. Let the muscles of the face relax. 
particularly around the eyes. So the eyes don't have to search for something or look at something. Let this next out-breath take your backside to the seat. Let it drop you. onto the cushion. Consider what it might be to completely welcome yourself. In this moment. This body, whether it's tired or energetic, sick or healthy, breathe out with it. This mind, whether it's going hundred to the dozen, or whether it's disappeared and cloudy and withdrawn, or whether it's still and steady. You are welcome. And this heart, whether it feels nothing or feels everything, somewhere in between. You are welcome. And this belly Welcome. And within all of that, letting the breathing of your body just be as it is. Don't jump on it. Let it find you. Let it find its way to your attention. Let the breath in your body find its way to your attention.
Letting the mind steady there. Welcoming, steadying, and when you find that you're thinking about something, Know that that's what's happening. And for now, breathe out and let that thought go. Leave it alone. Breathe out and let yourself land on your seat. And begin again. Letting the breath find its way. To your attention. And just that moment when you see and you know that the mind is pulled. Breathe out. Feel the shoulders drop. Land in your seat. You are here.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.